Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally, and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. 21 days to Christmas. Amen. <laughs> uh, it's not long, is it? This morning I want to speak to you from out of the book of Isaiah and the message I've got for you today, I've called it Waiting on God. Um, it's Isaiah 40 verses 29 to 31 and I'm reading from the New King James. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. Your word is life. And Father, as I bring this word this morning, I thank you that you will make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father, to bring the words that you want each one to hear, both here in the house and online. I thank you, Lord God, for the absolute joy of knowing you and walking with you. And knowing Jesus as Lord and Saviour, that he came to die for us, that we might have this life. And so, Father, I commit this time into your hands. Lead me and guide me by your spirit, Father. I just declare my total dependence upon you. Without you, I can do nothing. So, Lord, just minister to me and through me this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, waiting on God. We all love waiting, don't we? <laughs> all great waiters. Yeah. You see, waiting requires patience, doesn't it? Um, waiting goes hand in hand with persistence and endurance and perseverance. On uh, Tuesday, I came to the Day Connect and led a study and we looked at perseverance on Tuesday and the necessity for us to persevere with the things that we're walking through so that we can, you know, really please God with, with our lives. And that perseverance requires suffering as well. And so those that wait upon the Lord, this scripture says shall renew their strength. So I thought about it and, you know, I really, I really wrestled with this message. And as I thought about it, I thought we're all waiting for something, aren't we? Aren't we? <laughs> aren't we? We're all waiting for something. You're either waiting for a phone call or for your money to go in the bank or for your family to come through in God or you're waiting for a bus or... You're waiting for the kettle to boil in the morning, just for that first cup of coffee in the morning. And waiting really does require that absolute sense of peace and just adjustment so that we can bring ourselves in line when we're waiting on God with his timing for everything, not our timing. And as um, I thought about it too, I thought, well, you know, we've been waiting for years for some that we've been praying for waiting for breakthrough of restoration in people's lives, waiting for relationships to be restored, waiting, waiting, and yet the truth of the matter is that those who wait on the Lord, 
they shall have their strength renewed. And that's an awesome thing. Some things have come to pass. Some things we are still waiting on. But I, I started to ponder it even further and I thought, what, what is it to wait on the Lord? And this is what I believe it is. It's a conscious decision and it's a choice to by faith rely on and commit yourself to God's guidance, God's timing and walking in obedience to him. Because we know that those things we entrust to God, he will never let us go. He will never let us down. He never lies to us. He's not a man that he should lie. In him there is no shadow of turning. And the nature of God is incredibly awesome. And even in prayer meeting this morning, you know, as we were praying, we like, we never have that complete understanding of just how incredibly awesome God is. But one day we will have that. One day when we stand before him, whenever that might be, we will know, we will just know how awesome he is. And in the meantime, we wait on him. We wait on his word. We put our trust in him. And um, we, we just wait for his glorious appearing because Jesus is coming back one day, isn't he? And all I know is that it's closer now than it's ever been. So waiting on God always requires a choice. We get to choose. We're going to do it our way or we're going to do it God's way. It requires perseverance, it requires trust and faith and sometimes our answers come in ways that stretch us almost to breaking point because God will move through our circumstances in ways that we might not even understand this side of eternity. But we need, we need to trust in him, we need to ensure that we're trusting in God and his will for our lives. And waiting is a topic that's always talked about quite a lot in, in the Bible. So let me just unpack some of the scriptures that mention waiting. It. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Micah 7.7. 7, Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. And that's inferring that as we wait on God, as we look to him, he'll hear the cry of our heart. Sometimes our prayers are not spoken prayers, they're heart, heart prayers. Psalm 62.5, my soul, speaking to my soul, wait patiently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Galatians 5.5, 5, for we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then James goes on to talk in chapter 5 about being patient until the coming of the Lord. And he says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27. So there's courage required in waiting on God. Then Psalm 37. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. And then I'll finish with this. I think you're kind of getting the feel of it now. Psalm 38, 15. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, 
who will answer. So waiting on God is trusting God, adhering to him, clinging to him, cleaving to him, to his word and trusting that his plans for you are good plans for you as you seek him with all your heart. In Luke chapter 2 verses 25 to 6 there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon and Simeon was waiting He was righteous and devout, the Bible says, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And in verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And when you look at Simeon, we don't know a huge amount about him except that he... um, He was just waiting on his Messiah. He knew that he was going to see his Messiah before before he died. He didn't know what he was going to look like, but he waited in the temple and he waited and he waited and he waited. And then he waited to a point where the Holy Spirit on his life was showing him, just keep waiting, just keep looking. And for us, the lesson in that is keep waiting in what God has shown you to wait for. Keep waiting on the very thing that is that God's placed in your heart Because the Bible says God grants you the desires of your heart. But if he's placed those desires in your heart, not the ones of the flesh that we might want, but the desires that God places in our heart, if he has placed them there, then he will bring it to pass. And Simeon knew that God was going to grant him that desire. He knew that the Saviour was coming. He knew that the consolation of Israel was coming. He wasn't sure how it was going to happen or who it was going to be. But the what he was waiting for was Jesus Christ. The who, the what was the consolation of Israel, but the who that brought that what about was Jesus Christ, the Saviour and Lord. And you know, I, I wondered, sometimes we are looking for answers to prayer in things that are not the answer. Sometimes we are looking for breakthrough in things that are never going to bring us those breakthroughs. Sometimes we are we are telling God the things that, Lord, this is how you should do it. I want to be able to do this and this, but this is how I want you to answer my prayer because I don't want to go through any suffering and I don't want to go through any struggle and I don't want to have to wait for it. I want it now and I want it here and is that just me (laughs) sometimes our prayers are born and birthed from out of our flesh and not the spirit of God because if we're waiting on God and if we're looking to God and if we're seeking God for what we really need then God will never let us down when we are in his will Because if we're in that place of dependence upon God, God will always come through for us in his time. You see, God's never late. It's not been my experience that he's been early either. But he's right on time. He comes through. He breaks through with the things that we need. So Simeon knew who he was waiting on. And the who he was waiting on was the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you Google Simeon on the internet and the image that you see is of a beautiful old pharisaical man holding this baby. (laughs) And just the image of the Lord, he has seen the Lord and the glory that was on his face because he received what he was waiting for. And then he said, you Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace. And you see, for us, when we receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, 
we know that no matter what life holds for us, we can eventually depart in peace because of we've, we've beheld the glory of God. We've received Jesus as Saviour and Lord and it becomes so incredibly personal for all of us. It's amazing. But I wonder too, what are the things that we're waiting for? What are you waiting on? And who are you waiting for? Christmas is coming, as we've spoken of this morning. For kids, it's Sunday morning, the 25th of December, there's going to be things under the tree, God willing. (laughs) We get excited about Christmas. We get excited about gifts. We get excited about the gathering together of families. We get excited. But more than all else, we become so incredibly grateful that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And that's something to be really excited, really excited about. You see, many of us in our lives go from event to event, from crisis to crisis, from sadness to sadness. And we see the negative side of life and yet in God we can go from expectation to expectation, from joy to joy, from gratitude to gratitude, from thankfulness to thankfulness. And when we do that, we know that we're walking in the will of God and we're trusting God with every fibre of our being, with every essence of who, uh, of our understanding, as limited as it is, of who our incredible God is, that he sent Jesus for us. We can have that understanding We can know that no matter what we're walking in, no matter what we're waiting on, the birth of a baby. My daughter's pregnant again too, so we're waiting on another baby. (laughs) That's Rebecca. Rebecca and Dan are expecting another little boy. So we're waiting on the joy that is to come. Um, And all of us have got our stories of waiting on joy and waiting with expectation. And we're all waiting for something. We're waiting for answers to prayer and things to come through. You know what, unless they're in God, none of those goals really matter. Unless they're those God-birthed goals and those things of obedience that we're walking in. And unless we first take them to Jesus, unless we first commit them to God and ask God to show us his desire for us, his plan for us, that unless we do that, we're walking in a strength that is finite, a strength that will fail, a strength that will, will eventually give up. Because, you know, the Bible says... When we wait upon the Lord, he shall renew our strength. Whether we're waiting on the goals that are worthless to us or to others, when we're praying through for things, because sometimes you get prayer requests and people want you to pray for things, and yet in the, in the very heart of hearts you know that I'm waiting on God to come through for this, and yet through it all, I don't know that it's really God's will. So we come back a step. We take a step back and we say, Lord, Lord, show me your will for this situation because sometimes we are really pressing in in prayer for a breakthrough in our situation and yet it's not what God wants for us because sometimes the suffering has to come. Sometimes the pain's got to come because it's that refining fire that God takes us through and bringing us into the completion of that season in our life so that then he can break through 
and say, you wanted this, but I have this for you. There is so much more for you. Believe me and trust me. Don't pray for a seed when I want to give you an oak tree. But the process then is of planting that seed so the oak tree will grow. So it's placing your faith and your trust not in the things that are of the, of the mind, but in the things that are of the spirit and relaying them to God, saying, I'd really like to do this. I really want to give this person that. I really want to fill in the blanks for whatever it is that's on your heart. And God will show you how to bring those things through into the spirit. But it's that waiting on him, waiting on God, trusting him with those things. And that slow march of time that is life, that is seeming to be escalating, like you said, Rachel, life is getting faster and faster and things are happening faster and faster. And yet as we wait on God, that time we can come to him in prayer and know that he is going to download from heaven the very things that we need today. Because some days, I don't know about you, some days you get up and you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to do today. I'm feeling really rubbish. (laughs) I don't know how to get through the day, but I'm taking it to you, Lord. I'm waiting on you. I am trusting in you. I am relying on you. I'm coming in prayer. And then when I've brought my prayer needs to you, I choose to sit and listen and wait. And he begins to renew our strength. Because like a marathoner, if we get up and we run out the door and we do 16 100-metre sprints, we're going to collapse on the ground. But if we are going to be those marathoners, the word says in Hebrews, run with endurance the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. If you're looking to him, he's going to show you the pace that you need to go at. He's going to show you the, the, the things that you need to do in the course of your day or your week or your month or your year, the season that you're in. He will bring that renewing. As we wait upon the Lord, he shall renew our strength. You see, natural strength has a limit. We run out of puff. But supernatural strength comes from God. And as we wait on him, he gives us all we need. God gives strength and power to his people and he helps us by enabling us to help ourselves. You see, sometimes we can pray for things and expect them to just drop out of heaven and yet there's a practical and a simple process that sometimes we just need to step out in faith and do those things. We need to help ourselves sometimes. We need to apply faith. We need to apply works to that faith and we need to walk in that as well. Because God can supply supernaturally. Things can just drop into your lap as well. But very often in my experience, it's been the process of believing God for the things that you want. Now, what should I do next? And we take a step. We step out. When Moses parted the Red Sea, he put the rod down. He had to do something physical first and then the Red Sea parted. When they stepped out into the Jordan, they had to put their foot out first before the Jordan to part would part. When they called down the the walls of Jericho, they had to march around that citadel seven times, shouting and praising as they did it. There's a natural thing that we sometimes need to do to see those things. God helps us. And, you know, you hear that saying, God helps those who help themselves. 
And that is so true. But there's a time where you cannot help yourself when you are so sick or so weary or so under it. And that's where you can just sit there and say the name Jesus and he will still come through for you. And he will make us, make us depend on him in those times where we can trust him. You know, if we are walking in the path God sets for us, we can see that there can be a really crooked path or a really high mountain to climb or it's a deep valley that we walk through. And yet when we're walking in God's path, he enables us to walk those steps. Earlier in chapter 40, verses 3 to 4, it talks about God making a way in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. That means every valley that's low, exalted is brought up. And every mountain and hill brought low. And the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places made smooth. And he prepares the way for us, showing us how to navigate that path that we were on. He helps the weak. God gives power to the faint, to those who are ready to faint away. And that faint word in the Old King James means the weak, those who are weak. Who's feeling weak today? Don't have to show me. (laughs) But we're strengthened by the grace of God with all might in that inward man. He fills us with his spirit and he gives us the power to walk. Those rivers of living water that the Holy Spirit pours upon us as we wait on God, as we seek his face. When we acknowledge our weakness and our need for God, he makes his strength perfect within us. He is amazing. Lord, I need you. I need you today. I need you more. I need you more. (laughs) And God will come through for us always. His love is unconditional, but his promises, they have conditions. And that condition is walking in obedience to him. You see, God can never love us any more or any less than he does now. But if we're walking in a path that is not God's path for us and we're expecting for those promises to be made truth and life in our hearts and we're not walking that straight, narrow path that God has for us, you know, God cannot bless to the extent that he wants to because of our choices. And it comes down to our choices. Are we choosing God's way or are we choosing our way? Or are we choosing to follow the path of somebody else who's dictating the terms of our life? We get to choose that. Which way are we going to walk? And you can say, I see so much need. You know, I'm overwhelmed with the need. Well, what are you doing about it? You know? What is God asking of you as you wait on the Lord and you see the need, whether it's in your church family or your natural family or friends? You know, sometimes we've got to help ourselves and step out and do the things God's asking of us, whether it's a phone call or a message or a meal or, you know, whatever whatever it is that God's requiring of us because sometimes we can become really impotent by expecting God just to answer prayer And he does. But when he is asking us to do something with that, what are we doing with that? What are we doing it? God helps the weak 
when we are weak, he is strong. But God also pours his grace on us so that we can do those things that need to be done. And we look around and at this time of the year especially, we see so much need, so much need. And yet, what are we doing about it? And this is not condemnation. This is not putting a heavy on anyone. This is between you and God. What is God asking of you? What is God requiring of you? Are you waiting on him? And we're strengthened by that grace of God. And we have the grace that is sufficient to do all that he asks of us to do. To give over our will. To wait on him. To do it his way. Even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, if you can take this cup of suffering from me, take it. Nevertheless, not my will. And this is Jesus. But your will be done. Begins with a choice. God's grace in and through us for God purposes. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And eagles, have you ever seen them soar? So strong, so swift. Fifteen flaps and they're up into the thermals. And then they spread their wings and they soar above those circumstances. And God uses the analogy of an eagle for a specific purpose. You see, the thrusting of the wings, the flapping of the wings to get to that place brings us up into that place of intimacy with God. Our our endeavours will take us to a place where we can be in that secret place of the Most High God, where we can wait upon God and say, Lord God, I am weak, but you're strong. Lord God, I can't do it, but you can. I'm seeking your face today. I need your plan. I need your purpose. I need to be obedient to you. But I've chosen this day, flap, flap, to get into that presence, to soar into that intimate place with God so that he can show us the things that we need to do, so that we can have that strength renewed, that we can mount up on wings. And when you're in that place of incredible oneness with God, there is nothing like it. And he renews your strength. And he gives power to the weak. It says the young men will even fall down. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And we rise up on those thermal currents. And I'm not saying we're all birds flapping around. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like a turkey clucking around on the ground. (laughs) And I know. Sometimes the turkey in me is like, Yeah, I've got to speak to the turkey in me and cast it down (laughs) so that I can renew my strength and mount up on those wings as eagles, waiting on God and on his word. And you might say, I can do this myself. Yes, you can for a while. For a while. And then you're going to run out of steam. But those who wait on the Lord, his enabling, his timing, his power, he takes us through. The older the get that we get, the more we realise that the mortal, the natural, gravity is getting stronger. I can feel it in my face. <laughs> and I was talking to a precious lady before church 
We're talking about how we bounce back after, after illness and the older you get, you're like that rubber ball that when you, you've got a fresh new rubber ball, it bounces really fast and really high and the older it gets, it just doesn't bounce quite as high or as fast. <laughs> and sometimes we might feel like that too. But we've got the hope of Jesus. We have got hope in Jesus and as we wait on him, we wait on him. We can be those speakers of the promise of God. We can be the, the speakers of hope and the life that Christ has for us. You know, we can, in this season that we're coming to, speak life and hope and love and joy, but also from a sense of reality too, because we shouldn't be so far removed from the world that we are not aware of what's going on in the world. We've got to be connected to our world, but we've also got to be able to see what God wants us to say through the things that are happening in our world. We've got to be able to say, you know... I'm really sorry you're going through this. You know, can I pray with you for those that are believers, for those that are not believers? As God leads you, can I pray with you or I will pray for you when I go home? And, you know, we've got to be that solution in the world that we're living in today. And Jesus is the hope. He's the reason for the season. He is the joy that we have in our lives. And that joy is not happiness because happiness is subjective. Happiness is something that can be just blown away. But the joy of the Lord is our strength and God's joy is deep and abiding. And when we wait upon him and when we rise up into that place of one-on-one -on -one with God and we're hearing his voice, we know that we can walk away from that knowing that God, God is in the heaven. God is in our heart and all is well. Because at the end of the day, God's going to have his will. His will be done because his kingdom will come. So what are we doing about it today? See, he doesn't just strengthen us to make us feel better. He doesn't just strengthen us to, to give us the nice words to speak or to encourage ourselves. There's that as well. But he gives us that strength to be about his business, to do the things he's called each one of us to do. And you know what? It's never too late. You might be 8 or 80 or 90 and yet through it all, you are not past your use-by date. Moses and Aaron were called to lead the people out of it. Israel from Egypt, into Israel from Egypt at the age of 80 and 83. Joshua was given charge of leading the conquest of Canaan around the age of 80. There's something about that number. <laughs> and it lasted a few decades after that. You know, there's so much in the word. You think about Methuselah, you think about Enoch, but in the New Testament you think about all of the things that were accomplished and you can say, I disqualify myself because of my age. No, you are never disqualified because of age. You disqualify yourself when you say to God, no, I won't do that. But if God challenges you and says, will you, will you today pick up that cross and bear it and carry it? Will you today, when you say yes, you qualify? You see, it's in answering God and his obedience, walking in his obedience. When you say yes, he gives strength to the weary. You'll rise up. You will do what you need to do. You, only because of God's strength. Amen? 
It's exciting. So when we talk about retiring, what's that? Retiring is not retiring. Retiring is refiring <laughs> and getting on with what God has given us to do. And I am not, I'm not saying that we just continue to do everything at full speed. We do it for the season that we're in. And God will show you when you rise up on those wings as eagles and settle in that place with him so he can tell you, today I want you to. Amen. Leading in the Christmas, into the Christmas season. You know, the world today, they either don't see him at all or they see him as a baby in a manger, our Jesus, if they consider him at all. You know, there's commercialism that's rampant and that's all good because we can do blessing one way or another as well. But we see him as our God, our King, our Saviour, our Lord, our Healer. Our Redeemer, our Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the one who leads us the way we need to go. So coming into this season, what is God's purpose for you? What are you doing in him at this time? No condemnation. When God brings that conviction, I want you to. What are we going to say? Are we going to be that answer that God has for the world that we're living in? For our world, our community, our family, it starts first within our own family and then it's our neighbours and our friends and our community. So let me read it again and I'm going to finish on this. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. And I pray for everyone in this place today and those that are listening online. Father, I thank you, Father, that it begins with salvation. Like Simeon, he knew what he was looking for and he found the what in the who that he met and that who is Jesus. Lord God, I pray for those that don't yet know Jesus that they would reach out to you now and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you've paid the price that only you could pay for my sin. I ask you to forgive me today. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I ask you to take hold of me and bring me into your perfect plan for me in all that you want to do. I commit my life into your hands in the precious name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for anyone that's prayed that prayer for the first time today that you would just lay hold of them. God, surround them with your love that they would know how much they're loved and how much you want to, to, to bless them and to pour that love upon them to bring restoration and renewing of their strength in Jesus' name. For those of us that know you today, I pray, Lord God, that you will give strength to us as we are weary. Father, that we can walk in the path that you set before us, that we can, Father God, Lord, commit only to the things that you ask of us, Lord God, that we would not be bowed down with doing things that are not required 
of us by you, but only the things that you are asking of us. Father, that you will help us to do what is required, that you will strengthen us with all might as we wait upon you. Give us a heart and a desire to seek your face in every way, to come into that place, the secret place of the Most High God and rest in you. And as we do that, that we can mount up on those wings as eagles, Lord God, that we can run and not grow weary, that we will not faint because we are trusting in you. And Lord, we are waiting upon you and upon your word. Help us to walk in that obedience today, I pray. And God, we commit all our plans to you and we pray that which is not of you, let it be blown away as chaff in the wind, but only that stuff that you want us to be in that will settle in our hearts as good seed to grow so that we can walk in obedience to you, Father God. We give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory for all that you're doing, Lord God. It's all about you. We give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.